This is the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel, taking a bite-sized look at some of the big Liverpool FC talking points. Hello and welcome to the Agenda here on the Blood Red Channel. I'm Kai Delaney and I'm joined by Matt Addison from Blood Red. Matt, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Uh, some uh, good uh, a result, at least for, for Liverpool. Uh, maybe not the performance this weekend, but some positivity, I think. Much needed, a much needed win at Anfield. We are recording this shortly after Liverpool's 2-1 win over Aston Villa at Anfield. Uh, but obviously this is coming to you on Sunday. Um, we are talking today all things transfers, so not too long to go now until the end of the season. And uh, just to kind of look ahead, really, see what Liverpool may or may not need to do this summer. Um, first of all, just a, a kind of general question, Matt. What, what are your thoughts? I think there's sort of been a few questions asked. I know speaking to, to supporters and, and journalists of, of other clubs looking at, at Liverpool, particularly Aston Villa, obviously, in the, the week leading up to this, there seems to be a, a sort of idea that given the way that Liverpool's season has gone, maybe it'll be you know a big summer for them in terms of, of transfers. And to be honest, I'm not quite sure that that will be the case. I know we're going to go through each position very shortly, but I think there's the sort of minor things for, for Liverpool to do rather than wholesale changes. I wouldn't expect them to to spend, you know, a huge amount of money, certainly not compared to, to one or two of the other clubs. I think it's it's more a case of, of finding a, a bit more squad depth. I think that's certainly an attack, something that you know they will have to, to look at, maybe try and replicate what they did last summer with Diogo Jota and, and try and find, you know, the, the next version of, of him. But I don't think there's going to be, you know, huge changes. I think, you know, Liverpool, as I say, will will try and, and refine things. And I think, you know, the it's a bit of a cliche, isn't it? But you you look at, at Van Dijk, you look at Gomez, they are effectively going to, to be like new signings for Liverpool next season. So I think there's going to be two or three, I would imagine, but I wouldn't expect them to be you know many more than that. Not expecting too much this summer then, but we are going to go through each position and assess what that could look like for Liverpool. So we'll start in goal, obviously, there's no, no questions over Alisson. He is Liverpool's number one, arguably the best keeper in the world and looks set to remain at Anfield for some time. Um, moving down behind him, though, we've got Adrian, who's coming to the end of his two-year contract this summer. Um, hasn't really been any any news or it doesn't seem as if he, he will be renewing. So as far as we're concerned, he's set to leave. That begs the question, is Cleveland Kelleher ready to be Liverpool's number two or the Liverpool go in and get almost another Adrian, someone with a little bit more experience. To be honest, I think Kelleher is already Liverpool's number two. We've seen him a couple of times this season. I think, you know, you, you'd be pretty happy with him. I mean, it'd be interesting to see what they do with Adrian. I know he's, you know, maybe much derided by Liverpool supporters, but as far as we're aware, he's, you know, a popularish figure in the dressing room, seems to, to have a, a good effect and you know, John Achterberg and the Liverpool goalkeepers have a quite an, a tight-knit group where they all learn from each other. They train together, obviously, and, and obviously that sort of relationship and, and closeness is is really important. So I think I wouldn't be against Adrian having, you know, another season at Liverpool. I wouldn't imagine it'd be anything more than that. But you know, I'm pretty sure that, that he'd probably be, be happy to, to stick around and get one or two games for Liverpool next season. So I think that is one to, to watch out for. There's obviously a lot more high-profile contracts for Liverpool to, to look at over the next few months rather than Adrian. But it wouldn't be a massive shock, I don't think, to, to see him stick around. But yeah, in terms of, of the pecking order, obviously, we know Alisson is number one. But I think for me, Kelleher has, has certainly done enough to, to be number two. And I think he has, across the course of this season, proven that that's sort of where he stands. Obviously, he's been injured recently. That's why he's maybe not been 
on the bench for Liverpool as, as much over the last few weeks. But I think once he's back and, and fit and ready, I think you know there's there's absolutely no question about it. And you look at as well at Marcelo Pitaluga. I know, you know he's obviously not been at, at the club for very long. I think he's still only 17, but I think long term he is is one certainly to to watch out for. So. I think there's uh, enough there to suggest that Liverpool maybe won't go out and, and buy someone. But yeah, certainly, I think uh, the three goalkeepers at, at senior level that they've got, I wouldn't be massively shocked if, if they stayed the same next season. Yeah, I think um, whether Adrian stays or, or decides to leave or doesn't have his contract renewed, that, um, you know, Kelleher, as you say, probably does seem set to be Liverpool's number two. My only concern would be if if um, Alisson picks up a, a knock or an injury and could be out for kind of eight to ten games whether Kelleher you know um, is kind of set for a prolonged spell in the side as opposed to playing in the, in the cup matches and things but um, yeah an interesting one to look out for there so moving forward then we'll come to right back to start with um, obviously Trent Alexander-Arnold his, his situation has been well documented in the in the media the last few weeks uh, he's not going anywhere of course Liverpool's number one right back Again, maybe similar to the goalkeeper situation for Nico Williams there, but will that be enough, do you think, going forward? I think it, it depends partly on what they do at centre-back, to be honest. I think there's a, a bit of a knock-on effect in that regard. And obviously, we're still trying to work out ex- exactly what it will be in that sort of area. So I think if they were to sign, say, Ibrahim Konate, if I can say that properly, mm-hmm. the, uh, the Leipzig centre-half, he, I think, can play at right-back. Obviously, Joe Gomez has played at right-back as well. I think it's a question, really, for me in terms of Liverpool going out and buying a specialist right-back. It'll depend on what they think of, of Nico Williams and what Nico Williams thinks of his chances of getting into this team this season. We've seen you know, both both Nico Williams and Costa Simicas on the opposite side have, have struggled for minutes, maybe not quite have, have had the, the trust of Jurgen Klopp and his coaching staff, but... You know, another year along the, the development for, for Nico Williams, I'd be pretty happy with him as the backup. And obviously Trent is, is the number one, but I suppose it's, it's similar to, like you say, with the, the goalkeeping situation. Would you be happy if Trent was to miss 10, 15 games or whatever across the course of a season if you had to play Nico for, for all of that time? You do wonder. But yeah, for me, if, if they could get someone like Konate in, that would give you the option of playing him at right back at, at times because obviously Van Dijk and, and Gomez, you would hope, would be fit for certainly much longer than they have been this season. And, and Joe Gomez can play there as well. So it's an interesting one to, to sort of balance out. And I think it's it's always a difficult one, isn't it, with, with first-team squads at, at that level? Because you know, obviously you can look at Manchester City and they've got sort of two players in every position, but you just don't really see that, that Liverpool would go down that same path in terms of the finances, the wages and, and all of that sort of thing as well. So, yeah, for, for me, I think it'll uh, probably just be Nico Williams there. You've almost covered two questions in one there because that's the right back taken care of and uh, a lot of the centre-backs mentioned as well. So we'll we'll just focus on a couple here. You, I guess that that leaves questions over Kabak. What do they decide to do with his uh, clause? Obviously the option to purchase him for 18 million plus add-ons in the summer. Um, and then maybe Nat Phillips as well. He, he stepped up to the, the plate when, when um, called upon this season. But would a Liverpool be happy for him to stay and would he be happy as a, a fifth-choice centre-back? Again, I think it's a, a really interesting one. I mean, the uh, the Conate thing is is certainly you know far from finalised at this moment in time. Still discussions to take place and still things for, for Liverpool to work out. You know, they've got a short list of, of a few players that they are still looking at and, and certainly it'd be interesting to see 
which route they go down. I think, you know, Ozan Kabak is, is probably on that list as well. I'd be surprised if they went for, for both of those players just because, you know, that would eat up a significant chunk of their budget. But it's so hard to, to judge Kabak and, and Phillips at the moment, isn't it? Because they have done really, really well. But for me, Nat Phillips is, is not a, at the level that Liverpool need moving forward. I don't think, you know, he's done a huge amount wrong, but you just think of, you know, that there's been odd moments where he's been caught out of position. There's been, certainly in the, the Real Madrid game, you sort of felt that the centre-backs were a little bit exposed. And okay, you can get away with it for, for the majority of, of games in the Premier League, but for Liverpool to get back to winning the Champions League, winning the Premier League, I, I do think you need to, to get a, a better option than him in. So I think it would be harsh to, to let him go. I think it, it will essentially come down to, to what Nat Phillips wants to do in that regard. Does he want to, to be fifth choice? I certainly think that You'd look at, at Van Dijk, Gomez, Matip, a new signing, whoever that is, Kabak and or Konate or whoever it might be. I think Phillips would would have to be comfortably fifth choice for, for me to be happy to, to see him sticking around. But yeah, it, it's going to be a really interesting situation for those two. I think they obviously got used to playing a lot of football this season, but you know, as soon as Van Dijk or, or Gomez is back, if you had one of those two players available, they'd go straight back in and I don't think it's a, a massive shock, really, in terms of, of Phillips. You know, earlier in the season, of course, Reese Williams was playing ahead of him, so yeah. I think that pretty much shows really what Jurgen Klopp deep down thinks is his long-term future. But uh, yeah, th- there's no doubt about it. He could go to a top-level Championship side, probably even you know a team in the, the bottom half of the Premier League, and, and get regular minutes. So I suppose you could say almost he deserves to, to make that choice himself for what he's done for Liverpool this season. If he wants to go and and play more regular football, so be it. But if he wants to stick about, I think he'd certainly have to, to get used to to being on the bench at the very least. And of course, there's there's Ben Davis to think about as well. I don't know what you think about his future, but it's uh, it's been a strange one so far, hasn't it? Yeah, I was, I was actually talking about this with a friend today. I was asked what what's his situation, given that he hasn't kicked the ball um, since he signed for Liverpool in January. But um, I mean, personally, I, I think. The fact that we haven't seen him and he's still behind the likes of, of Nat Phillips probably says a lot and I, it wouldn't surprise me. I have no knowledge or information, but it wouldn't surprise me to see it maybe moved on in the summer. Um, I know there was very strong links with Celtic before he did sign for Liverpool in January. So, um, yeah, one, one to watch there and I think on, on the Phillips point as well, uh, for me, I wouldn't have any problems if he was to stay at Liverpool as maybe a fifth-choice centre-back. I think he, he'd probably earned that over his, his form this season. Um, but again, I completely agree with you. I think he, even a, a lower-end Premier League side, maybe a, a team kind of in the, the bottom half, fighting relegation, that kind of thing, he'd be well within his, his rights to, to go and play, you know, demand kind of regular football at, at that sort of level. So an interesting one um, with the centre-back situation this summer and probably one that is going to dominate most of Liverpool's transfer window. So... Moving on to left back, probably a similar situation to when we had it right back. So you've got a guaranteed first choice, one of the best in the world there, in Andy Robertson. It's the Costas Simicas question, isn't it? We've not seen a lot of him this season. There have even been links uh, with him leaving Liverpool. Um, I'd be shocked if, if that was to happen after a season. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, again, it's a, a really, really strange one, isn't it? He's not been injured. He's just not been selected. I'm sure... We're going to see Simicasa at some point before the end of, of this season. I'm sure that you know he'll get his chance in the Premier League. I think he's only made one appearance. I think that was in the defeat to Manchester City, wasn't it? So really, 
sort of thrown in the deep end off the, the substitutes bench on that occasion. But I'm sure we'll see a little bit of him before the end of the season. I wasn't surprised that he didn't come in against Aston Villa because we know, you know the importance of the game and, and the threat that they have. But yeah, it's a, it's a strange one. I think I'd be, be happy enough as long as the player himself is happy enough to, to play a squad role, which let's face it, he would have known that that was the case when he signed for Liverpool. Nothing really has changed. I suppose you, you might expect sort of five or six more Premier League starts or, or something like that. But you know, I'm sure th- there's a good chance that once he's settled in further at Liverpool, once they've got proper centre-backs at, at centre-back, you know, if you've got Van Dijk and, and Gomez to play alongside, and I'm sure Jürgen Klopp would have you know, far less of an issue throwing in Simicast for, for the odd game. I think it's only been the case that he's not trusted in because of the disruption around him. So, yeah, I'd be more than happy to, to keep Simicast as backup. And I don't think there's really any need for, for Liverpool to, to change much in that position. The Agenda on the Blood Red Channel. Moving up the pitch then and into midfield. Um there's just so many options. I'd be staggered if we signed anyone this year, surely. If you go through them, we've got Fabinho, Jordan Henderson, Thiago Alcantara, obviously Gini Wijnaldum, who seems set to leave as his contract runs down. And then the likes of Naby Keita, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, Curtis Jones coming through. So, so many options there. It's going to be a case of possibly outs rather than ins, isn't it? James Milner yeah. as well, sorry. Yeah, James Milner as well, of course. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, it, it's an area of the pitch that I think Liverpool really have to, to think about very carefully. I mean, it looks like they've made the decision that they want to, to move Gini Wijnaldum on. I think that's come about because, you know, he's a, a similar sort of age as, as Thiago and, and Henderson. And, you know, you want to, to sort of move those players on and, and get new players in over the course of, of three or four seasons rather than doing it all at once. So I think... <laughs> It kind of depends on what Liverpool think is going to be their formation next season. I think if we see another attacker come in, they maybe go more towards a, a 4-2-3-1 formation. Maybe then you don't need a replacement for Gini Wijnaldum. But if Liverpool are going to stick with this 4-3-3, they're going to continue to, to play the way that they have for the last couple of seasons under Jurgen Klopp. I think it would be very hard not to, to bring in somebody. We know that Thiago's had his injury problems at times. Fabinho has this season. Jordan Henderson... Always, every season seems to have you know a month or so out at, at least. So, I think just the fact that Wijnaldum plays pretty much every minute for Liverpool, it, it would be a shock to me if they didn't sign somebody to replace him. If you know they're going to go about it in a similar sort of way tactically next season. So, who that would be, I, I'm not too sure. There's been links with with loads and loads of midfielders, hasn't there? There's, there's always going to be when you know Renato that. Sanchez has been doing the rounds. Yeah, Renato, Renato Sanchez, Rodrigo de Paul as well, I think is, is one. I think Udinese is, is an option for, for Liverpool. But th- there's just there's going to be so many names linked with, with Liverpool. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was one maybe a bit more left field that, that hasn't been linked that they, they just went in and got and, and sort of replaced Gini Wijnaldum on the quiet, really. I don't think it's it's going to be a huge you know, mega money arrival that comes in, particularly because they're going to lose Wijnaldum on a free. But... For me, it would make a, a huge amount of sense to, to get one more in. I know you've you've listed off a, a huge number of players. Marco Gruic is coming back from his loan. Hasn't really gone for, for him over in Portugal with Porto. But there's just there is so many options. But when you've got somebody as reliable and as, as consistent really as, as Gini Wijnaldum, I think you, you kind of have to replace him, even if it's you know a player who would be, let's say, fourth choice behind, you know, Thiago, Fabinho and Henderson. I just think with the injury record of, of those three, you've got to go and, 
and get someone. And I suppose it offers an opportunity if Liverpool wanted to go and get somebody a bit more creative, they wanted to to go and get more almost of a number 10 maybe to, to go down that route. It, it doesn't necessarily have to be like for like in terms of replacing one album, but I do think they've just got to get one more body in there. Yeah, it's an interesting one. As you say, we, we have plenty of numbers. Um, I think that the one concern maybe when, when you when you go through the individuals, lots of injury problems throughout. So as, as you say, Jordan Henderson may be prone to missing a few weeks here and there. Fabinho has had his personal problems this season. And then even going on to the players that would maybe come in to replace them, you know, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain and his kind of long-term injuries that he, he's had since his time at Liverpool and obviously Naby Keita has struggled to, to get a run of games together ever since he signed really. So, um, yeah, I think we, we definitely have the numbers there, but um, maybe uh, yeah, signing someone <laughs> without injury problems is always high on the agenda, but maybe... I think that, yeah, there's a lot of, of numbers there as well, but I mean, there's, there's got to be a question over someone like Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, you know, will he be at Liverpool next season? Even Naby Keita, I mean, I think if if a tempting offer came in for Liverpool, I mean, I don't know what you think about this, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't see it as a massive shock if one or two of those players did move on if a, if a decent offer came in. I mean, it's maybe slightly reactionary after Naby Keita was, was taken off before half-time, but if a big offer came in for, for him, do you think Liverpool could afford to, to not accept that? Uh, it's an interesting one because obviously they paid a lot of money for him. They waited a year to, for him to come to Liverpool after the deal had been agreed. And you know, we've yet to see the best of him. I, I do think, yeah, as all Liverpool signings, I, he's a Klopp player, but I think he's, he's one that Klopp really still wants to succeed at Liverpool. I think picking him for Liverpool's biggest game of the season probably showed that. Um, I, I don't think Klopp would be happy to give up on him just yet. I think possibly one more season, but because he has had, or rather he hasn't had the ability to string a lot of games together and you know put his stamp on this team, I think Klopp will maybe want to give him just one more chance. And, and with Wijnaldum leaving and, and Milner aging, he may find those opportunities uh, more frequent next season. I think it, it sort of depends as well on European football, doesn't it? We don't know which competition Liverpool are in. If they were to, to drop out of Europe completely, that would completely alter their transfer plans. But assuming they are in Europe, they are going to need those numbers, aren't they? So yeah, it, it would be uh, a surprise if they let lots of these players go. But I just think, you know, with two years left for, for Cater and, and two years left on the contract for, for Oxlade-Chamberlain, there is a, a big decision to be made on those two. Yeah, I, I could maybe see one of the two leaving, maybe just from from their own personal perspectives as well you think would they be happy to sit on the bench in when they're meant to be in you know the prime of their careers when they could maybe cater could you know possibly go back to the Bundesliga or you could see Chamberlain maybe just dropping down just a level or two below Liverpool and, and really kind of finding his feet there but um yeah lots to decide on for Liverpool and Michael Edwards this summer in midfield moving on to the final position in the forward line um really at the moment there's four options into three in terms of starters, obviously Sadio Mane, Diego Jota, Roberto Firmino and Mohamed Salah. So assuming that none of those four would leave Liverpool this summer, I think it's fair to say that's probably unlikely, you then go down behind them to the kind of reserves, if you like. So all the, the fringe players, the likes of Jordan Shakiri, Divock Origi, and we've got Takumi Minamino out on loan. 
at Southampton. Uh, Ralph, ha- Ralph Hasenhutl saying earlier this week that they won't be looking to sign him on a permanent deal. So the first four are kind of set, I would say. What, what do you think it goes beyond that? Do Liverpool maybe move one or two out and, and bring one or two in? Pretty much, yeah. I think they, they absolutely have to move on. At least two out of Origi, Shakiri, and Minamino. Which two you, you would choose? I mean, my preference out of the, the two would be to move Origi on. I think his time at Anfield is now up. I think you, you know, you, you've got to say that he's a, a cult hero for what he's done for, for Liverpool, but he's just not at the required level anymore. And a bit like Oxley Chamberlain and Cater, you wonder, you know, whether for, for his career, the age that he is now, he could go somewhere else and, and play regularly. And I think that's what he needs. He's one of those players, isn't he, that if you give him a few games, he can sort of put together some form, but he's just never, ever going to get that at Liverpool, I don't think, moving forward. So I think it, it's time for, for him to move on. Similarly, certain Shakiri as well, he's not had probably as many minutes as what he would have wanted this season. Um, very, very nearly moved on. Last summer, if it wasn't for the pandemic, I'm pretty sure Liverpool could have got certainly above 20, maybe closer to, to 25 million for him last summer. They won't get anywhere near that this year, but you know, there's a good chance, I think, that, that he moves on. And Minamino's a, a really interesting one. It, it hasn't quite worked for him at Southampton. You thought if he was going to, to get himself into contention for Liverpool, it, it really had to. And that was a, a club and a manager that really suited him, but it's just not quite happened for him. He had a good couple of games to begin with, but then hasn't really kicked on. And you wonder if, if that will be enough for Liverpool. So, again, it, it wouldn't be a huge shock if, if two or three of those players moved on but then of course you've got to to get better quality in to to replace them so for me I think Harvey Elliott takes takes care of of one of the the two additions that I would make in the forward line so obviously that's not a signing he's been out on loan in the championship and Mm -hmm. had Shaqiri moved on last summer Harvey Elliott would have been the replacement for him so it only sort of makes sense to to move that forward to this year and assume that the same would be the case but then it's a case of of like I said at the start you know finding another Diogo Jota Again, I don't know who that is, whether the, there is somebody that you could sort of profile in, in the same sort of way. I think you know, that is what Liverpool would be looking for. I think if you had sort of five players to go into to the three or four attacking positions, plus you then had Harvey Elliott as well, I think that would be absolutely perfect for Liverpool. And with a, a sort of Diogo Jota type signing as well, you can start to, to plan for, for the future without Mane, Firmino and, and Salah. So... That's the, the next step, I think, for, for me, is finding someone that is relatively cheap. Uh, obviously, 40-odd million for, for Jota isn't an insignificant <laughs> sum of money, but it's it's relatively cheap for, for the quality and the age and the profile. I think Liverpool have to, to find someone similar to that, really, that can play in all three of those front positions. And you know, the, there'll be a few names linked, I'm sure, but I wouldn't, again, be surprised if it was a name like Jota that you know, last summer just came out of the blue. Liverpool took him and nobody else was really looking at him, but they've obviously found you know, a, a huge amount of, of value in that market. So that will be the strategy for me. I think Liverpool need to, to move on a couple. Harvey Elliott comes in and then one more. Pedro Neto is, is one that would interest me, but I'm sure there's uh, plenty of other perhaps cheaper options that Michael Edwards will be, uh, will be taking a look at. Yeah, I'm not sure Wolves fans would be too happy if we... Uh... Raided Jota and Pedro Neto in successive summers. Um, I have to say, I, I agree with you there. I think two of Shakiri, Rigi, and, and Minamino probably leave. Um, for me, I'd have to say probably Rigi. Um, uh, as you say, his, his, his time's just coming to a natural end. I think he, 
you know, he, he was the cult hero and, and was re- rewarded with that contract off the back of his, uh, you know, incredible finish to the 18-19 season. But even, even last season really didn't get much of a look in and probably less so this, this year with the signing of Jota. Um, Minamino for me is still one I'd like to see work, but I'm not entirely sure it will. I think it was one of those where it was such a low low risk, you know, 7.25 million, the release clause, it was, it was almost, you know, why not? The worst that happens is it doesn't work out and we can sell him for probably the same we bought him for, if not even make a profit. So I think there's kind of nothing, you know, nothing mentioned, nothing gained there. And um, of the three, Shakiri for me is the one that is more, more of a Liverpool standard. Uh, I think every time he, he's called upon, he does have an impact. And you know, we saw it in the, the win over Aston Villa. Um, came on with, with 10 minutes to go and and was involved in the goal at the end. So I would like to see him stay, but I think for him, maybe just in terms of, you know, similar to kind of Oxley Chamberlain Cater, as you mentioned, maybe just time for him to move on and think about his own career. But yeah, Harvey Elliott, definitely, maybe to, to have a similar kind of season as Curtis Jones has this year. I think Jones has played a lot more than, than anybody's expected and Liverpool clearly rate Harvey Elliott highly and that's why they were wanting to send him out alone to Blackburn to get that first team experience rather than just playing with the 23s at Kirby. So, yeah, I think Harvey Elliott plus plus one, I'd, I'd go with you on that. So that's all we've got time for on this episode of The Agenda, uh, assessing Liverpool's transfer plans for the summer. Lots on the agenda for Michael Edwards, Jurgen Klopp and the rest of Liverpool's recruitment team. I've been Kai Delaney. Thanks, Matt Addison, for your time. And until next time, bye for now. You've been listening to the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.